3: Well, those absolutely weren't career highlights. Well, they kind of were, um, ladies and gentlemen. That was we a in a there. It was well, well, I've never seen. There's like there were like 15 pictures there, and not one of them looked like the same person. <laughs> No, like,
4: these uh camera phones put a few pounds on you to be honest, so that's that's always a problem.
3: <laughs> Who's got the camera phone on me right now? Because there's going on here, think um, about 10 on me. It... <laughs> <laughs> guys. We're here, it is Wednesday evening, uh, and we're back with another interview. We've uh, this is this is uh. I don't want to say a National League interview because it's not, but at the same time, it is in terms of current things. But it's also going to cover the EFL, which is beautiful. I'm joined by Grant and Aaron. And we've also got a special guest with us tonight. You probably guessed who it is because, first of all, he's sat right there. And second of all, his name's there. uh, Mr. Andy Woodman. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing?
4: Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
3: This is going to be an interesting one. Um, We've all watched previous interviews and uh yeah we were all very very excited for how this one's gonna go <laughs> this uh, is the
4: new seriously
3: well we're gonna put that to the test <laughs> uh, we're gonna really put that to the test as well um yeah i've got some i've taken a grant i've got some questions that will we don't generally get to ask or we've never asked a manager before but i think you're the person to ask in this situation so what we like to do is go back to the very beginning when we do these things and that's where it all started for you which for you was was crystal palace and i believe was it five years you were at palace for is that
4: right yeah well i was actually there from a, a schoolboy, so um started the old schoolboy. you know it was a very different to what it is now i think it was mm. two nights a week um and then got offered the apprenticeship so i was from there from about 13 14 i think oh wow um as a as a young boy, yeah, and then obviously went on to get an apprenticeship and then uh, a pro- professional contract. So five years as a professional, but I think it was probably a bit longer than that. I'd have hazard a guess. Well, not um, far from about ten years, then would it been? Yeah, they didn't rush and give me a testimony. When I noticed that, <laughs> so I must have just been short.
3: Just short. Um, <laughs> that, right. Well, <laughs> let's let's dive into Palace because right, you've got. I saw you mention uh on, on another podcast that you did, that you must be the, like the longest serving goalkeeper to just sit on a bench and not actually play. What what? How long did that go on for? Was that like the full five-year period where you were kind of...
4: No. Very um, well, what happened is they changed the ruling because it used to be just... I mean, this is how long that was. It used to be just two subs. Uh, then they made two subs. Then it was, I, I couldn't think it was three subs and, and a goalkeeper, or I can't remember exactly, but then they changed it. There had to be a goalkeeper on the bench. And it must have been just that the premiership was starting. So I literally sat on the bench, uh, I think consecutive for two seasons, or pretty much, uh, if my memory serves me right. Um, and Nigel Martin was the goalkeeper. And he never, ever, you know, he was, he'd never got injured. He was like... Uh, just a solid Cornishman, um, so he it never, it never looked like getting injured. And and the irony of it is, is the last game of the season, I played in the reserves at Plough Lane, and um, the last. This isn't. I'm not even exaggerating this. The last kick of the match, the referee blew his whistle, when I was on the floor. I crashed into a player of the opposition and broke my kneecap. Mm-hmm. So, the season's finished. We've got one first team game left. Palace have, and I'd broken my kneecap in a reserve game. So I'm thinking operation, hospital, summer on crutches, brilliant. And the irony of it is, is Nigel Martin's back went into spasm two days later against QPR, and they had to get Neil Sullivan in to play for a one-game loan. So all that time I waited and then I broke my kneecap when I might have just got a game.
2: So um, I, I just want to jump in and like... Something I find really interesting about that is now, sort of in the in the like modern day and stuff, you hear about goalkeepers and, and goalkeeping coaches say about you know goalkeeping union and and that like the the number twos and the number threes nowadays at clubs are, are as vitally important. You know, keeping the sort of a, a camaraderie of the team and, and keeping the number one on his toes. Was that the sort of same sort of situation that you found and and like was it were you all still sort of like one sort of tight group or did you ever sort of get frustrated with the situation you found yourself on? Because obviously I can imagine from like a, a mental standpoint it must have been tough to be on the bench consecutively for so long. So how did you sort of keep yourself like mentally in the game really?
4: Yeah, well it was quite new then that keepers were on the bench. So I would have said for the first season it was kind of a bit of a novelty of travelling around the country being on the bench and thinking I might get on but probably deep down, probably thinking, I hope I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the sort of second season, um, you, you kind of, you, you kind of a little bit old and you, you hope you might just get a breakthrough in a cup competition or something like that. Um, but, but it, it was different Then we, I mean, at Palace, we had me, Nigel Martin and uh, Perry Sucklin. We're the only three keepers. Now, Premiership Club has got seven, eight, nine keepers. Yeah. Um, so, so, And Perry Sutton had an, uh, an opportunity to go abroad. Uh, I think it was... I, I'm, I'm going to say this off of memory. Hong Kong play out there for a, half a season or something crazy like that. Which, if you put it in today's context, you think, why would you do that? Um, so he went and had a loan somewhere, which meant I was number two goalkeeper. Um, and, and I got on really well with Nigel Martin. I mean, look, you could not get on well with Nigel Martin. He was a real good guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and he was just a natural talent. I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't say he really worked hard. I wouldn't say he was lazy, by the way. He definitely wasn't lazy. But he just, he just used to go out, do his training and go home. And that was it. No weights. And he was, like, solid. Um, yeah. But he used to help me all the time, you know. Really, really good guy. And, and, and Perry Sackling did as well. I still... So I still, still bump into Perry. And they were a real good help to me in the younger younger stages of my career.
3: Mm, I like it. I like the... Uh... I like the fact that you didn't get frustrated because yeah. I think you kind of understood where you were at, and you know you've got this goalkeeper who, like you say, is he's, he's just not putting a foot wrong.
4: Do you ever and, look? And he was at the that? most expensive goalkeeper in the country at the time. It might I might be going in as far. Um, Against people are correcting me this at the time. He might have been the most expensive goalkeeper. He was the first million-pound goalkeeper. So it, it, you know, wow. there's certain sort of. Um, Criteria that you think, well, look, I'm not going to displace him, uh, and I'm not even going to pretend I'm going to displace him. <laughs> because I'm not that good,
2: because I, <laughs> I, I find it. Say, would
1: you have found? Would you have found it a case if Casey he did have to go on from going? Ah, oh, shit! This is just. This is not going to happen. I'm going to have to do a game here. I'm going to have to yeah, pull the There was one in. game
4: in particular. Uh, a game it was mill wall at home and it was, a, it was a it was a big derby match and um i think nigel come flying out and took someone out and the whole place is going like off 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 and i think i was warming up thinking so please stay on please stay on please stay <laughs> on. and then when the ref give a yell i think i must have gone like that oh how unlucky am i but deep down thinking what a result i didn't want to come on today so um yeah you do have those funny moments but look it, I mean, it's the it's the it's the joys of being a number two goalkeeper. It's it's um you kind of wait your time, wait your turn, and then you got to take your turn. And uh, mine come when I when I was injured.
2: I think it's really interesting to me. And sorry, if I'm going off a piece a little bit, boys, but like I, like you just said about how positive your sort of mindset is now, and like probably one of the biggest cases of this happening in the modern game now is obviously at Arsenal at the minute with you know Raya and Ramsdale, like. What is your sort of what is your sort of take on that situation? Because for me, uh, I, I, as an outsider looking in, I, I mean, I can see why Mikel has done what he's done, but I think it's a very risky game to play because you've got pretty much two first, you know, first choice keepers up battling, and one's got to be number two. So, like, it's kind of unheard of, that isn't it? So, what's your sort of take on that? Well. The only
4: thing I can say is obviously because I was at Arsenal and um, and 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 I kind of I kind of know of Ramsdale because he's been in squads with with my son and I know of Ray because obviously he's come up the same age as my as my son. The only really thing I can say is is that the managers I, I presume has looked at the season ahead and and, and realised that you're going to have to have two number ones: Champions League, you know, uh, big big cup games, Premier League games. And if you fall short on one of the the games where maybe, let's just say, for instance, one of the number ones was out injured for three weeks, and then someone else got injured or someone else had to go in that wasn't quite up to the spec, they could be the most important three weeks of your season. You could be out of a cup competition, you could be out of the Champions League, and you could mess up the title. So I kind of get it. Um, I think what's harder for everyone to accept is that Aaron done so well this the season or the, the season and half two seasons uh, and he, and his personality is so great that it's exactly what probably Arsenal fans wanted someone to show a bit of passion and, and he and he was brilliant in goal, let's be honest. Let's not get away from that. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got David Ray, who's, who's, who's equally a very good goalkeeper with his own attributes. Um so he's come in and 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 probably found it a little tougher, not in performance wise, as in you know, he's got to win the crowd over because he's he's replacing a mm-hmm. fans' favourite. So it's tough yeah. for both of them and it's tough it's a tough call the manager has to make but he's made it for the good of Arsenal Football Club in my opinion yeah, to have two yeah. number ones in case one of them you know goes down and then he's got another number one to put in and i I personally think it's good management in that respect yeah. but all for if you, if, if you're at this moment in time like, Aaron Rams now you know because you kind of must be looking around thinking well look I've done brilliant here and I haven't really yeah. put too many foots wrong and I'm finding myself sitting on a bench. The last bit I must add on that, I think he's been immaculately professional, immaculately yeah. professional. Um, and I, I was a bit disappointed the other week when someone said about him clapping the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper made a save, like almost trying to make it sound out as if he was being. Oh,
2: um, that was the most genuine reaction I've ever seen. Yeah, it's I, I, I thought it was brilliant because uh, because look, there is a there
4: is a camaraderie amongst goalkeepers that you, you it's a really weird position. You don't want to. You want to get in the team. You don't want to get in there through someone get injured. And equally, deep down in your heart of hearts, as much as you think, hope they have a lack of form. You don't want them to make a mistake because you know that that could be you next week. So yeah. it's a real unique position, and we all we all know how to behave, and we all know how to respect the man that's in in the goal. And and that's all you can do: support the number one that's currently in the team, and hopefully you get your chance to get in, and he then repays that support with you. And I'm and I'm sure. David Ray would do that as well, you
3: know? I think as that on that as well, there's, there's the other side of the coin where let's say you didn't support and they made that mistake and you were kind of happy about it, and then they didn't get dropped. You'd be sat there going, well, hang on a second. He's messing up and I'm still not getting in this stick. Like, this is how much they think he's better than me. Like, that would mm-hmm. then... You, yeah. you kind of get yourself in a spiral, I suppose, don't you? To, to go back to your that injury, that one where you you blew your knee out. Do you ever look back at that and think, what if I'd not done that? What what would it have been in? Would there have been a different sort of career trajectory for you? Like, yeah, in terms of it, it could have changed everything because that was so early on in your career, wasn't it? That could have been the moment that <clears throat> sent you. I on think a different every
4: football path. player has a sliding door moment like that, you know, Um, and that was my sliding door moment where. If I had have played, it was the last game of the season. I might have done brilliantly well. I might have then made people think this kid's not bad. You know, he's he, he's not that experienced. Let's let's keep him around, and 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 mm-hmm. and you know he will be a good number two. But look, you, you, you drive yourself mad if you if you felt like that. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, Peter Beardsley used to always say to me, and 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 it was it was a good shout. He used to always say to me, Peter Beardsley, Newcastle. He used to always say to me. Walter always finds his level, he? So basically saying, look, everyone might miss a moment here and there, but you play at a level you you, you generally deserve to play at.
1: I like that. That's actually a really, really good A good saying. If we're going to take a quote out of this podcast at all, I think that's the one that we're going to take. That's, yes. that's a,
4: yeah. My I defining like moment wasn't that one moment not playing. My defining moment was probably, let's be honest, not quite being good enough. And probably not being professional enough, if, if I'm to be honest. And, uh, and, and that's me being brutally honest. And, and I've reflected that with my own son, uh, which he said in many interviews, which I've been extremely proud about. I've always been brutally honest with my own son of the, the things that i had done wrong and didn't get right. And the way I acted maybe sometime when I wasn't, I wasn't in a team. Um, and i really made sure that he knew all of this and and that there's certain criteria that you have to do if you really want to reach the top and um mm-hmm. yeah so I, I look at him now and look at it as a mirror of what i should have been really
0: so he's that
3: he's that potential of the path that you, you that you you could have done depending on how you approach things i suppose when you're talking about i mean when you, when you talk about the things you did um and you said you know maybe you shouldn't have done them and like in this day and age, you don't necessarily see, I've heard some of the stories that you've told before and we will come on to them. But <laughs> like, I I have a question. I told Grant that I was going to ask this before we came on. Now, I obviously understand that you you've kind of, as you've got older and now you're a manager, you've got to look at things completely different and you've got to manage players that are potentially doing things that would be maybe a little bit, well, a lot out of line, potentially. You know, we don't know what they do. But do you ever, when you have to sort of speak to a player about something that they've done and you, you know, you're maybe giving them a bollock do you ever sit there and think at the same time in the back of your mind, oh, fair play. I'd have done that. Like I, I, when I were younger, I did worse, to be fair. Like, how, how do you approach that as a manager now looking at players that are doing things that maybe weren't anywhere near as bad as, well, I don't want to say as bad, but the level of what you guys did? And you're having to bollock them for it. How how do you prepare? Yeah. So? And how do you keep a straight face without well, laughing? Because yeah, I just it's laugh. Funny
4: because I'd like to think I'm brutally honest with my players, uh, and 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 sometimes they look at me and think those stop moaning. And I I look at myself sometimes. think I've turned into a moaning manager. Like I would I was never like this as a player. But I've I've kind of worked out that I have worked out. I've kind of realised that it's only because I want them to have the best careers they can possibly have. And they won't see what I'm trying to teach them and tell them and, and guide them because I don't want them to go down a path that I kind of went down. And, and look, I, I don't want to sort of just sort of make a negative of this podcast because it's quite, you know, I want to be a little bit like I. But there were some other factors in my world at that time that probably nice. made me not have the career at that time I probably should have had. I had my mum pass away when I was very young, at 17, I was a young apprentice. I had i wouldn't i wouldn't say i had an unstable life i had a a house that was turned upside down now because we had Mm -hmm. no mum in the house and i kind of i wouldn't say one of the rouse, but i just didn't have that figure to sort of say look come on do this do that i had my dad but my dad was having his own traumas at the time of losing his wife so i've never really spoke about that but behind the scenes there was a lot going on in my private life that probably had an effect on, on the early part of my career. Luckily that's, enough, I, I I I I married into a family that sort of really I thought gave me some good morals and good 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 sort of stability yeah. that I needed, and and hence that's probably why I went on and had had a had a career in football.
2: That's really interesting to me because I obviously we all know now, like play welfare and you know mental health in football is such a big thing. So if if you got the same sort of provision back then that the players get now. Do you think that would have kind of helped you, sort of guide you onto the career path that you, you maybe could have fulfilled in the end? That's a good question, that. Mm. Uh,
4: and I don't want to answer this with any offence to anybody that has got mental health problems. So, so I'm saying that this this answer with respect. I often wonder if that hadn't had to me happen to me, and I hadn't had to fight for everything, and I hadn't have had to, um, you know, really dig deep in myself. My character to not give up and not just think I've had enough, and I wonder whether you know I would have probably got as far as I got as well. So I look at it the yes. other way. I'm always glass half full rather than half empty. Absolutely, I look at that point of my career was a big moment, and 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 I had to dig deep, and and I probably that's probably put me in good stead for the rest of my career. And I must say, you know, I'm not. Uh, there were some good people at Crystal Palace at the time. Um, we didn't have welfare officers. We didn't have all of those that academies have and clubs have now. But we had a manager uh, and an assistant manager, uh, Steve copple and Alan Smith, that kind of, without me ever really knowing, kind of just brought me a bit of time to get myself mm. back together. And and I, I I've I've set Steve met Steve and, and Alan. I still keep in touch with him now. And I know without them, my career and my my life might have taken a different path for sure. Mentioned, I like,
1: as, I like. mentioned as well before that, that your very very early days you met your, your good friend gareth southgate as well and were you've worked almost done well 20 that minutes as the record so far Normally, yeah. people
4: speak to me only in the first minute
1: and it's a scotsman that's bringing and it's a scotsman well. of all people it's the only one who doesn't
3: care <laughs> about <No>. gareth southgate
1: <laughs> and you 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 found that you both kind of balanced each other. Or he balanced you out, and you maybe kind of brought him out of shell a little bit. Would just you, would you say that's fair.
4: One hundred percent. I mean, look. Uh, again, I've never really spoke about this, uh, but Gareth was a real. Um, look, I, I'm from I'm from a, a real. I would call it a rough part of London, and 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 I wouldn't say I'm uneducated, but I would say I come up in a in a sort of street kid sort of way. And, and I, when I speak to my players now, they look at me as if they hear yeah, it, but I really did. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of where I come from and where I'm at now in my life. But someone like Gareth was from a different world. And he, and without me probably realizing at the time, he was a really good sort of role model for me to look up. And, and, and he we was the same age, but he would do things differently and he would act differently and he would speak differently. So I found myself Without realising it, probably trying to be different from what I'd come from. Um, I always had my personality that was always a bit lively and wanting to laugh and joke. And, and probably at this moment in time, you guys are thinking, we'd like to see that in a minute. Uh, because this is quite deep. But actually, no, This is good. This is good. Um, I like this
3: as well.
4: Yeah, but actually, you know, Gareth, Gareth brought, brought a lot of good qualities out of me. And, and, and again, I say this on, on here. He was a real uh, a real friend to me, not only through the, the, the tragedy of my mother passing away, but obviously when I got released from Palace, he was a real friend. And, and, and he's been a friend to me ever since. You know, that's what friends do. I don't look at him as Gareth Southgate, the England manager or the Aston Villa captain. I just look at him as a really good guy that hasn't changed from the day we were 14-year-olds to where we are now. Um, and and, and look, I've said it to him many times again, if I hadn't partnered up with someone else, Maybe I'd have been different, you know, but he, he taught me a lot of good values and a lot of respect and, and a lot of uh, professionalism.
2: What I find really I interesting, taught him how okay. to gamble, by the way.
4: You taught him <laughs> how to gamble. <laughs> I
2: we ever what get Gareth
3: think... here, we'll we'll ask him. We'll we'll ask him <laughs> his version of events. So he, he, he did my head in for years.
2: <laughs> it just wouldn't stop no matter what <laughs> happened, he was just always <laughs> there. <laughs> What I find really interesting there, though, is you mentioned about, like, you know, uh, m- like, morals and, like, teaching you things and being a different way. Like, we know, since Gareth Southgate took the England job, for instance, he's completely changed the way, the, not only the nation, but I think the players view international football with that sort of, you know, family unit and and sort of stuff like that. So, because you've known him from young, is that something he's always believed in? So, when he came into the England England forward and set it up a bit more like a, club set up was that was that not really a surprise to you was that always something that you thought he would do uh
4: anyone that knows gareth closely knows that he's got some fantastic qualities and he's a superhuman person you know really cute, good human being I, I always hoped that he would act like that as a manager and, and i never thought you know in a million years he'd be the england manager you know and i, I mean that with respect and he'd probably say that as well but what, he, what what he's done is he's he's made people have respect for the country, the shirt, the team, and the people that work within the 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 the, the, the team. You know, the backroom staff. By just being approachable, just being normal, rather than being this manager sort of like I'm the boss, it's my way. Mm-hmm. That's not Gareth. And and what makes me laugh is when I hear people say you've got to be this certain way, you have this edge about you, you've got to be ruthless. Gareth's, Gareth's played at the top and managed at the top now and, he, and, and there's ways of being ruthless and the ways of, had, of having a rod of steel through you And to do what he's done, he's got a rod of steel for him. Anyone that thinks he hasn't is is crazy. He's got a rod of steel, but he's also got a rod of respect for for him, which 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 I think people get kind of get confused with that. That he's 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 too nice to be England. No, this guy is respectful, but like a rod of steel for him.
2: I think there's a way to do it, isn't there? Like I don't, I've never thought. I've never thought Gareth Southgate won't be like the motivator and won't need to, you know, if he needs to stick a rocket up someone's ass, I have no doubt he does that, but he, he probably does that in a way that the the media and that don't know about it, you know what I mean? So it's always behind closed doors and I think it's just yeah. been a really sort of effective effective approach that for the national team in the, in the time that he's took over and, you know, look at what we've gone on to achieve, you know? and uh, if, if you're a player, and you've got a manager that you respect and you you
4: really like and he knows a decent human being. Uh, and you know that he's doing everything for the right reasons, whether it's for your career, the, the England or whoever. You're going to run for a brick wall for that man. And sometimes that is just enough. You know, you've got a team that runs through a wall for you. Uh, and I think I've got a little bit of a team like that in a moment that realise that, you know, he's a decent guy. And I'm tr- trying to do the right things and they will run through a wall for me and that's not easy to create that you know and that's just a respect value that you try to be honest to everybody and help everybody and yeah. and 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 do it the right way you you do get it wrong sometimes for sure and i've got it wrong a few times but i've always been big enough to turn around and say to a player look i've got that wrong there and i apologize
3: yeah i think one one thing that you said and it's just just to go back a little bit you spoke about how with your current players that sometimes you'll you, you sort of you do and you suggest or you 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 make decisions because you want them to achieve, you want them to get to that level that you know they can get to. Um, then we spoke about obviously back at Palace when you didn't really have like what football clubs have these days in terms of a setup. You had a manager, you had an assistant, but do you feel that that's something that you've maybe taken on because you didn't have as much of that around you at the time that you've sort of you've seen that you can you've seen that players do need that you don't know what's happening behind closed doors like these players. Are going home, and as far as you know, they're coming in with a smile on the face in the morning. The, you know, they're playing football with the with the mates. If it's a it's a good team set they're playing with the mates, they're going home with a smile. You don't know what's happening when they get there, you know. And and sometimes that that arm around the shoulder can be everything. Like it might not at the time feel like anything, you might not feel like you're actually doing anything there other than just having a chat. But to them, it could really be a huge difference. Is that why? You maybe take that approach a little bit more, and, and like Gareth seems to do the same.
2: Yeah,
4: I, I think so. I think um, I think there's a few a few factors really. Uh, if you don't mind me talking about, one is I'm a father of a footballer, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. I always look at the player I'm sitting opposite the desk, whether I'm dropping him, picking him, or just speaking to him. I, I want a manager or someone to speak to my son in a, in the right way. Yeah. So that's the first thing, and I try to treat every one of my players. Whoever I work with, like it's my own son. And and they'll laugh at this, maybe. They say, Well, what about when you shout us the other week? Well, like, listen, don't think do, I don't shout at my own son, but I try to treat him with respect. That, that's the first thing. The second thing, and I must credit my um, my owner on this, um, Robin Stanley gleaves he's he's a successful businessman, and, and he had a huge business with 1, 13, 1,400 people in it. And he's taught me a really valuable lesson uh, that he's a, he's a people person, Robin, about taking time to speak to everybody and taking time, which I do anyway, but actually my players, getting to know my players, their families, their wives, their kids, and what's going on in their life and showing an interest. Now, I, I've actually enjoyed doing that because I really get to know my players inside out and I feel that they can trust me when they've got a problem, they want to tell me something. Uh, and, and, and I think all of that put together shows you you're a decent human being trying to do a decent job i think it's a good it's a good recipe mate i really do the tactics the tactics and all the football side and the recruitment that's very important don't get me wrong but if you haven't got the finances like um the other other clubs now, you've got to find 1% and i'm always trying to find the 1% and if it means that i ring a player at home because i didn't think he had a good day at training and is someone calling his mind is his wife all right which I do quite regularly, I think that can only only, you know, show that I'm a good person that worries and cares about my players first before football. Um, we, we actually and-
1: broached this question a couple of weeks ago on our weekly podcast in the National League one. And we were talking about the difference between clubs that have and spend a lot of money in this league, and do you need a League One budget to to really achieve anything in this league? But I think you've just hit the nail on the head of the complete counter argument to that. Because you've shown over the last few seasons at Bromley that you don't have to pump loads and loads of money in to to make a success of it.
4: Yeah. Look, again, I'm saying this with respect to Bromley. I'm saying it with respect to my owner. Uh, And my owner's got no problem with me saying this. So Because we've had a discussion about this. And I said, I don't want to ever think Mm -hmm. that I'm sort of being negative about the money I don't have to spend. And he said, no, no, it's important you tell people because this is how we run our football club. Our budget should be seventeenth, eighteenth in the league. You know, that's that. If you go on budgets alone, that's where we should be finishing. Yeah. So we have to cut cloth accordingly. But I have to call in favours for loans, and I have to speak to people I know in the game at Arsenal, or whoever, Palace, whoever I'm going to. And the, you know, I've been in the game thirty five years now, so there's a lot of people I can call on. So you have to get these right players, the right characters, the ones we can afford. Uh, when we go into the summer to try to get players, we know we're going to be their fourth or fifth choice. They're going to go to everyone else first, see if they get more money, and then come back to us. So I have to get all of that right. Once I've got all of that right, and I feel like I've got the right character. And I'll never sign a player unless I've met them. Uh, because I want to, I want them to know what I'm about and what the team's about and what the DNA of this club's about. And then, then you've got to really make sure they buy into you and buy into the club and buy into the ethos and what I'm trying to create here. Because my staff have done it. Uh, we haven't got the riches. We haven't got the money to just go and buy so much. We have to make the best of what we have got, and in that, we have to put some young players in there as well. Um, and we've 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 been playing eighteen and seventeen and eighteen and nineteen year olds regular, um, and we sold one last year. So all of that mix comes down to our budget. But if you get that right, and you have a little bit of luck with injuries and suspensions at the right time. You, you can find yourself in a healthy place in this league, you know, and that's uh, that's that's where that's how we've done it for the last two or three years since I've been here, and we've had one FA trophy win uh, and two playoffs, so um, we're I trying to go to the next one now and get out of the league.
2: It shows, though, doesn't it? Because you, you went just a bit further back in the conversation, you were saying how important it is that, you know, you think your players will run through brick walls for you, and I think... It all comes down to a, a two-way street of respect, doesn't it? If, if you respect your players, your players are going to give you that extra sort of five, ten percent on the pitch every time they step out for you, and and that's obviously what's happening at Bromley, and it and it should be admired. So yeah.
4: Well, thank you. Yeah, no, we 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 think it's important. We think that team
2: spirit and 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 the
4: craft we put in is relentless. You know that that's our that's our sort of tagline at our place. We're relentless in everything we do. Um, and we we'll continue to be there because we have to get the one percent more than everyone else. And if we get those, mm-hmm. before you know it would we'll be ten percent better than everyone else. Yeah.
3: Did you ever think that you would be managing Dennis Bergkamp's son? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I no. think that is a surreal no. thing to, to, to say that like yeah that he's in the the national league. Like that's that's something that obviously with any footballer of that caliber, when they have a child, you, they they're automatically kind of put up there, aren't they? And everyone thinks that's it; it's made for them. But it just shows, you know, you, everyone's gotta gotta really, really work. And he's obviously bought into that as well. With you, how how did how did that come about? How how do you feel about that? Like, does his dad turn up to
4: games? And Jeff, well, to, look, I was just going to jump in back? and say, I'll tell you something even more surreal: his mum and dad have got season tickets, and they brought them. You know, fair play <laughs> to him. I mean, that is you, awesome. You know, that, that's something else. Mitchell worked with me at Arsenal, uh, Mitchell Bergkamp, Um, and, and I should imagine he's had to carry the the, the Burkamp name around with him. He, he went to Watford, COVID struck. And like so many young footballers, it really probably, it's probably cost a generation of footballers their careers because cutbacks yeah. and clubs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so I, I invited him in. He come in. He's a talented boy, a really talented boy. Um, and he'd done brilliant for us and we we wanted to get to he's been really unlucky I have to say we wanted to get to pre-season because we come in halfway through a season he'd done really well and I always thought to myself if I can get him to a pre-season have a full pre-season with us be super fit super strong and feel part of the group even more than he does then we've got a player on our hands and just before the end of the season he had a concussion and then he got another concussion (laughs) so that was a little bit worrying two quick concussions uh, which was a little bit of a scare for everybody because they wasn't nice, and then come back pre-season already go and he got another concussion. Like it was, it was such a freak thing that happened, um, and it's 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 been a tough time for Mitchell. Uh, and and you know we've we've kind of just let him get on with what he had to get on with and get seen by specialists because pre-concussions close proximity is yeah. quite worrying.
1: Yeah,
4: I had a chat with him the other day. He's all, he's he's back. Yeah, he's all back. He's in a good place. So hopefully in a new year, we'll be seeing Mitchell sort of uh, back involved in our team. But we're not going to rush him. But uh, yeah, to have uh, Mitchell Burkamp and Dennis come down. And Dennis, what was even more surreal was that I had a chat with Dennis in my office. He was sitting the other side of my desk like a player. And I was <laughs> just chuckling to myself mean, Dennis Burkham see the other side of the desk. And, and I'm talking to him as like a player. I'm really, I've got no right to be sitting opposite that desk. Yeah, do you, do you want so my he, seat?
0: Yeah,
4: very seat. nice family. Very nice guy. You know, of course he <laughs> knows football. Um, yeah. And very humble. Um, and just actually, it's quite nice to see him probably be like a father and watch his son play. Albeit yeah. he hasn't been a great season this this year for him. But that will change
2: yeah. Sometimes in, in situations like that, when you get a, a player that has had like a, you know, a father that's had such an illustrious career, how do you, is there any sort of additional pressure maybe that you have to figure out about, not necessarily matching the 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 um, sort of parent's career because obviously he, he was outstanding. Not many people can match Dennis Birdkamp's career, but is there sort of that sort of, mental side of it in, in his head where he's like I've got to you know I've got to make something of myself because my dad did this and I want to sort of sort of like impress him and make him proud so do you ever have to put like your sort of hand around him maybe a little bit more and kind of just tell him to be sort of his own person and not you know do you know what I mean not just not yeah. just for the I, surname I, I did early doors early doors are kind of said
4: to him that you're carrying a big name on your the shoulders there um you know, just go out there and shows what, what Mitchell can do. Let's forget forget you then. I tried that, and that's that's impossible to do. Let's be honest. But what happened is, this is where footballers are brilliant. Uh, I walked down the gym one day in uh, in, in our club. Uh, believe it or not, I went in the gym and um, I heard the lads having a debate. <laughs> they was having a massive debate about is there is I, I'm sure I'm going to say Lampard's better than Burkham. Now, the lads have obviously teed this up a little bit to have this debate. And the, and, and Mitchell's in the middle. And he's sort <laughs> of like, he, he do not want to be too big time, but he also wants to defend his dad. And this debate was going on. It was brilliant. The lads, someone saying, no, nah, Dennis is miles better than Frank Lampard. Miles better. And it went on and on. But it was it was the lads' way of saying, you're one of us. You don't have it, you're one of us. And it was a real nice moment. And it went on it went on for hours, this debate. In a real healthy, <laughs> nice way, um, and then I walked down and said "Who do you think? Who do you think's the better player?" And I said, "Come on, Dennis Bergkamp. Frank Lampard's great, but Dennis Bergkamp, Dennis Bergkamp." Yeah. And, he, and it was a nice way of the lad, sort of just saying, "Look, you're one of us. Don't, uh, nothing else to worry about." To
1: go back way. to the hole, let's get Woody in. <laughs>
2: get Woody <laughs> in. Sorry?
1: Bring him up. Let's go back to the hole. Let's get Woody in. Bring him out. <laughs> he's coming along. He's on. He's on the trip. <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, there's a few trips i got in the editor. Yeah, there's
3: a, there is some trips, isn't there? Um, I, I have a question, though, about those trips. First of all, why
4: Tenerife?
3: Oh, why was Tenerife that. the thing?
4: Well, I think initially it was easy to get to. And when the FA Cup started, it was the weather's the only place you can get to in four hours, but the weather was nice. Um, and that's how it sort of started. And then it became like, I, I presume you talk about when Crystal Palace got to the FA Cup final when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then it become like every time we went around let's go We're off to tenerife again it become mm-hmm. like a superstition and part of the superstition become taking me on the trip i mean i was like 16 or 17. i was only a kid and it was it never been known that a kid goes on a trip but i was on every trip mm-hmm. it was crazy you know absolutely crazy um, but brilliant you know the lads looked after me and i was part of the group and you know, I, I mean, I'm still friends of a lot of them. Weirdly enough, I'm still friends with a lot of these players that were on that trip to this day. Andy Fawn's a friend of mine. Uh, Dave Madden's a friend of mine. Uh, they come down to Bromley to watch me and support me. Um, Alex Dyer, Mark Bright, all of these guys, you know, I speak to them really regularly. And that that probably says a lot about the camaraderie in that group at that time. Uh, Alan Pardew, obviously, I've worked with, who lives just over the road. So it's kind of like... Um, a group of players, the camaraderie and the trips probably bonded us all together, really. Do you think there's still that
1: camaraderie now at football clubs, like through younger players coming through, or do you think that's dissipated now?
4: Uh, I'd like to say it's the same, but it's not. and, And I don't want to be one of these old people that says football's changed in my day and all that stuff. But, it, it was so important for me to clean the players' boots, the four or five players I had to clean, like all of us, because you instantly had a connection with those players, good or bad, it was that was your connection. So they knew you, so they'd speak to you. The other thing now, and we're talking about the Premier League, the Premier League is huge now. Some of these boys don't even train on the same training ground as the first team boys, you know, and yeah. it's, it's so disconnected now. And and, and that's, that's a shame. But there's pluses as well now, you know, the facilities are top drawer and, and everything's there for you, you can't foul, And if you do foul, it's because it's your own fault or you're not just good enough. So there's, there's, there's pros and cons either way. But um, I, I'm really blessed that I've I managed to make some good friends out of those, those years and, and, and was brought up with good values. And, and as they always remind me, even to this day, righty in brighty. It was character building, Woody.
1: We was building your character. <laughs> <laughs> but my follow up to that is, Jink, that's where the National League really, really excels. With that, with yeah. bringing in teams and the bond of players is just different. Maybe more akin to what you got. Yeah, I, back I think... years ago in the Premier League and the Championship, the teams are more tightly knit. You get your younger players that are maybe coming through together in those areas, and they're playing for almost like their local team.
4: Yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot of similarities to the National League, of 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 the old sort of Palace days and the and the probably the the, the Wimbledon crazy game days and all of those days. I imagine there is some similarities of smaller squads, smaller training grounds. You see everyone all the time, and 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 you've got to get that team spirit and that, and that fighting. You have that fight in your belly to get out of the league.
3: Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're going to come back to to, to Bromley because there's i the, the national league has, has sort of taken off in terms of quality this last few years like it's it's ridiculous like we were big fans of the national league i i follow well when we first started this me and grant both followed league two clubs um grant now follows a national league club though um because you know they went and got relegated because he's that
2: dedicated to the
1: cause well, the heart it, it? Yes, it is it yeah i'm a Hartley pool fan we're out there
2: in a few <laughs> weeks I follow, right. I follow national. I follow national league side as well, Andy. I'm an Olden fan. Ah, oh,
4: yeah. Well, there's listen. Cool. They've had a funny old season, but they're they're
2: they're be yeah. up there and thereabouts. Yeah, I hope you're right. I'm, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope they experience just a bit behind actually. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like. <laughs> how
1: you, I like how you said
2: that. Place,
1: I like how you said that about Olden, but you didn't say that about Hartlepool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, look, Hartley Paul broke my heart when uh, Dave China was there. He beat us in the playoffs, uh, and it was the first just, week when first just, week yeah, just, when crowds were allowed back into games after COVID. Yep. So we went from playing in no crowds to that playoff game being a full house, and I think it was just all too much for us on the day.
3: Andy, don't feel don't feel bad because before you came in, we were talking about when you joined Bromley and Grant. When it was twenty twenty one because we beat him in the playoffs. That was the first thing he said. So don't feel bad about oh, it good, at good, all. Because Grant, that, that was the first thing he, he said day. to me.
4: We started poorly that day. It was
3: uh of scored- teams in the national league was something special, or weren't there? Yeah. Bo- yeah. both times, uh,
1: yeah, always. You see, yeah. we scored three in barely quick succession, but then we were terrified at the end because you scored minutes, right I in. I remember. It's something <laughs> like but you scored right at the end as well like 90 yeah. plus and we are like oh hold on a second this is just the Hartlepool way where we're going to shit the bed
4: yeah we had I think we had a little chance as well to, just before we scored to get another one yeah um but look, you done a job. Don't take me take, you, this, I've only been brought on this for being brought 7,
3: Right. You know the, the, the fact that you it's said 26 it. minutes shows that you haven't actually got over it and it's still very much raw. The fact that yeah, you I, knew exactly I, the number of minutes 26 minutes, oh, 37 seconds. I'll you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> well we'll we'll come back to the quality of the national league, because like we say, big, big fans of it. But before we do, we need to move on from Crystal Palace to, to when you went to Exeter. Um now you, you look <laughs> like, yeah. So you actually said before we start recording that Exeter maybe maybe didn't have the best of times at Exeter. How, how yeah. would you, well, I was just going to say, how would you sum it up? Would that be the, uh, the, the summary? Uh, uh,
4: yeah, I would say my Exeter experience was probably, and this is no slur on Exeter, by the way, this is all me. Again, I come back to, I'd lost my mum. I then got released from palace a few years later. I had no life skills, no life skills at all. Thrust down to Exeter, never knew where Exeter was really. No family, no. And the people are saying, well, come on, you're a man, you know, you're 20 years of age or 21 or whatever. It was just all too much for me. And I'd gone from being at a club like Palace, which had become my family, to then dances club where. You had to wash your own kit, and you had to fend for yourself. And I knew no one. And when training finished, I would just sit in a coffee shop and wait for the day to f- come round to the next day. It was just a complete nightmare for me, and 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 I wasn't prepared for it. And but the flip side of that now is when I take a player alone I make a real point of making sure they're settled, everything's okay. Um, I've even invited them round my house for dinner if they want, you know, so they're not on their own. Um, but, yeah, it was a real tough time for me. And, and I wasn't very good. Let's put that in the mix as well. <laughs> I wasn't very good. I didn't know whether to come across a cross, stay at home. I was just a disaster. And the team wasn't great as well. Um, so, yeah, it was just one thing after another, after another. And I just thought, I, I actually, that was that one time I thought about calling it a day.
3: I think I, I think I, I heard a story of you saying that, did you ring your dad? You, you would I was on the train off, on the think, way
4: back after my second yeah. sending off.
3: Two Weeks in three a row, days. like how How does so? I'm guessing the first sending off was in the league, so you would have then been banned for the league games. But did that were you not was it that at the time where the ban didn't kick in straight away? So you two you weeks, yes, yeah, so,
4: so, so we played on a Tuesday night, um, and I'm sure it was Scarborough and we were winning this league on this game. I'm sure he's winning 5-1, and it was the 90th minute or the 85th minute or so. And and a, and, a, and a player just elbowed me in the mouth off the ball at uh, a corner. You know, no nothing else. Just blatantly must have thought I'm going to leave it on you because he's getting beat. And I I was had a little bit of a fiery streak in me, and I and I, I, I sort of hit him, and then it all kind of went off. And he thinks, what am I doing? You know, like. But I, but I think that was a a build up of everything that had gone wrong. That I'd had enough. You know. So anyway, we then had a scrap down the tunnel. It was chaos. Um, anyways, uh, sent off, red card. But then the band didn't come in for two weeks. So you could play the Saturday after much to probably the the, the disbelief now of Exeter fans. And we had a really massive game for the club where we had to play Colchester. stuff. And if we won that, we got through to the third round, I believe, yeah. which might have given us money then to get the club out of the financial state it was in. Uh, we was winning one nil at the time. Oh, this is good. You're bringing up all these scars on me. You like today. This is not meant to be hard. all we he...
0: family <laughs> and I took there's, a, a, there's a reason. There's yeah. a reason,
3: and it's uh, because of your story. In this second game, this is uh, why. So
4: I got a back pass outside my <laughs> box, and I went to pass it to the to the left back, and I realised the guy had sort of cut off that channel. This is how I remember, by the way. And I thought, right, let's do a step over and go out the other way. And then I can spray it out that side. That was in my brain how I was thinking. As I've done the step over, I slipped. And he's now about to toe the ball off me and put it in the goal. And I just put my hand on the ball outside the box off, you know. And um, even my own players were pushing me off as I was going. And like, you idiot. So that was a nightmare, yeah, and then, uh, and then it just got worse. Uh, worse <laughs> after, it was just a disaster. I mean, Terry Cooper, God rest his soul, loveliest man, so patient with me, so, again, an example of a man that was more than football, you know, care, actually cared about me because he knew I was having a tough time, uh, never turned his back on me, never hung me out to dry, re- really, you know, when he really should have. Um, and after the game, he... He kind of said to the lads, you know, he's the reason you've lost him over there, like that, sort of, like, in his rant. And he didn't say, you know, I, I have no problem saying that, you know, even looking back. And I thought, look, I might just break the ice here a little bit, and I thought I'd just come out and say something. And I went, fucking hell, Gaffa, well, i got set off. We've been in 1-0. Think himself, like, you know, might just break the ice a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like World War Three in there. It was like... I had players trying to chew me. I had a manager trying to rip <laughs> me head off. I thought, oh, I've got this wrong,
2: and uh, yeah, I got a seven-game ban. And I'm right in thinking, unless it has been changed since, both of your your sending offs created a bit of history, didn't they? Because the goalkeeper that replaced you re- still remains. I think is is he the youngest player ever to play in the FA Cup in the league? So at least at least their moments were no, always be. I didn't see that, I was in the dressing room. Then <laughs> moments will always be connected to a bit of history for you, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. history I want to be connected
4: to. <laughs> uh, do you know what? The people of Exeter were, were nice people. You know, look, they, they were nice people. I was rubbish for them. I, I wish I could go back and say to every one of those fans, I'm really sorry. I was rubbish. We'll, t-
3: we'll tag them, don't you, worry.
4: We'll tag them. Well, yeah, he, it was he, a tough he's... time. And do you know what? When I go down there, I, I, I go down there, weirdly enough, with fond memories. Uh, <laughs> and I know they're probably doing shivers through Exeter fans. But the lady that I sustained digs with who sadly passed away, she was an extra supporter. She defended me to the hilt with people. Like, I mean, I'm talking, she defended me with people and she really, she'd never been defending me. He's a lovely boy. He's, you know, it's not easy. So I had her fighting me battles. I would go out in town. People would want to just kill me. I, I, it was horrific, you know, and um, and then I went back there a little while ago. Took my team to Exeter's training ground, the Boot and Laces, uh, no, not the Boot and Laces, the cat and Fiddle, uh, and we trained at the training ground. And it was it brought back some memories. It's changed a bit, a bit, you know. But it, I, I we trained there before we played a, a game down that way, and that, that brought back some fond memories and some is not anyone fond ever, memories.
1: Has anyone ever pulled up a video of it? Is there video footage of the step over anywhere? No, gonna there, be, there isn't it, a there game. is
4: there is one of the horrific goals that me and Robbie Turner had a mix-up with a ball, yours, mine, yours, mine, and we both messed it up and the guy put it in the net. But I haven't seen... I, I, I and Do you know what? If you find it, don't send it to me. I don't want to no, see no, it. No, no, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I bet uh, someone
2: takes
4: me is this now later like, right, on. Here it is. You found it, thing, found it.
2: The thing is, I think that's a perfect example, and you were talking about it before, of your like sort of mental strength and your like bounce-back ability because If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it.
0: Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: When you've had such a bad experience like that, it can kind of alter your sort of mentality for the rest of your career, it would have been easy for you kind of, you know, to cower away. But then you went to sort of, you you went to Northampton and kind of became, you know, like very, very well liked and like a a cult cult sort of hero sort of status up there. So is it, for you, is it back to what we were talking about a little bit about feeling comfortable in different surroundings and how, how important it is for you to sort of find your feet and find your feet quickly to clubs?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think I think for some reason, some clubs just don't work out for you. Um, and and even now, when I get some players signed for me, I just know this club's not for them, and I know it quickly because I can see them feeding like it. There's no real reason for it. Sometimes it's a bit of homesick. Sometimes it's just it's just not what you thought you'd signed up for. There's many reasons, um, but it just it, sometimes it just doesn't it just doesn't work out for you, and you have to sort of. Grind through it and hope to come out the other side, and and Northampton was my coming out the other side, really, where I where I, I found a, a a town and a fan base that that really warmed to me straight away, and um and 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 we had a we had a good few years together.
3: You Got a testimonial there as well, didn't you? I think in two thousand and seven you played a testimonial. Am I right? Yeah,
4: testimonial. I got West Ham there, which was great, and and are uh, sort of like an all star team, which was which was good, and that was really nice. Yeah.
3: Yeah, nice. You found. I suppose you found your home, didn't you? That was your. That was your first, aside from Crystal Palace, where you've been since a kid. It was the first kind of home that you'd found since leaving I'm and you know, being out.
4: And I found yeah. a manager. I found a manager that played me no matter what. You know, I, I found a manager Ian Atkins that that just played me. You know, and didn't. I had bad games and bad days, and we fell out. And I mean, again, he's another man. I've got a lot of respect for. I speak to him all the time. He's been a really good help for me in my managerial career um but i found a manager that that trusted me or made me feel that he trusted me and made me feel that i was you know the main man um that i you know i was his number one and that was really important for me
3: yeah no absolutely um so i'm just looking here through you were, you stayed there till till 1999 um and then ended up moving on to brentford when you look at brentford now and <laughs> It's, I mean, it's it's night and day, isn't it? Obviously, compared yeah. to what they had as a club then to what they have now, is that like for, for any club, and you know, Bromley included, and like my club, Oldham, Hartlepool. Do, do you think that Brentford are, a, they're a them and Luton, especially, a, a kind of like a a benchmark? That's 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 the that's what to aim for. Like they've done it right, I yeah. suppose. They've done it a way that really not many clubs do.
4: Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think uh, it gives every other team hope, doesn't it? You know that Luton can do it, Brentford can do it, and you could go back as far as Blackpool did it. You know, and, and teams like yeah. that. I think that gives right. that. That's what the beauty of the Premiership is. You know, if everyone's striving to get in there, and if you get in the playoffs, you, you might just get across the line. Yeah. Um, I think Brentford was a was a was a was a good club. You know, Griffin Park, we had Rob Nodes and that. And but again, at Brentford, you'd have thought me coming home to London being in my surroundings I just didn't settle there I just I don't know what it was you know I knew the coaches really well the, the owner and run those I'd had him at palace I just didn't settle particularly well there I I, I was replacing a crowd favorite Kevin Dearden mm-hmm. so from the moment go uh, you could argue a little bit people like the Rams, sort of Rams Ramsdale I was going in replacing the keeper but they didn't want replacing
0: replace him,
4: yeah. um, with some of the fans so it didn't, It just didn't feel like it worked out for me there. Even though we got promotion, um, mm-hmm. I felt I did okay, but I still felt that my best footballing time was at uh, Northampton.
3: And was that the same for the rest of your career? Did you did you ever, after Northampton, did you ever really find something that you considered like a settled home for you as a player?
4: No, a little spell at Oxford United. Well, a, 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 a good spell at Oxford United. I enjoyed Oxford United. Nice place, nice stadium. I enjoyed mm-hmm. my time there. Um, but I think when I've got to Oxford United, I think I've kind of realised that I'm just going to be a journeyman pro. That's just going to hop two years from club to club. Um, so I knew I was on that downward spiral there a little bit. And uh, and, and you can't not carry scars of the game then over the years, where you kind of, you see everyone else has kicked on and you're quite still struggling away and playing. Yeah. So, so it's... I feel that Northampton was the sort of pinnacle of my career really and and that was the where it should have I should have probably kicked on and got a move and probably didn't um for whatever reason and 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 then found myself sort of like being a bit of a journeyman goalkeeper after that
3: how long did that take you to process when uh, cuz you see yeah, there's still players now that are considered journeymen like you you you, you... I mean, there's, there's, there's loads, isn't there? Let's be brutally honest. There are players that you just, you know that every summer or every 18 yeah. months they, they're, they're going to come up. And um, I suppose now for, for a lot of them, it's, it's even harder to find clubs as well. Because um, you, you're seeing them... tough. Yeah, you're I seeing mean, players not actually find clubs and, and not, yeah. not I mean, signing I think, for anyone.
4: I, I don't think you do come to terms with it because I think you just cling on because you love the game that much and you mm. just hope you're going to end up getting a move that's going to be a life changer. You, you cling on to that, you know. Um, and you do love the game, you know, all the scars and all the ups and downs. And you know nothing else. I knew nothing else from the age of 14, 15. Um, so, so, and I enjoyed it. You know, I have zero regrets. Probably that's probably wrong. I do have some regrets, but that's probably not regrets. That's probably knowledge now that I've got an experience that I've done things differently. Um But yeah, I I had a good career, made a lot of good friends and played for a lot of, put a smile on a lot of supporters' faces uh, in various ways.
3: I think for for you there, like what you consider a a journeyman career or that's what you kind of feel like you settled into, that's still the dream for a hell of a lot of people. I think that's important for anybody who's in that position to sort of realise like, you know, there are players that are considered journeymen, but... uh, Ninety-nine point nine percent of us would kill to be that that yeah. journeyman, like to to just that one up, opp- just to get even just one opportunity to do what you got to do week in week out. Even if it wasn't at plenty of different clubs, you got to do it and you got to travel around up and down the court week in week out with your mates and play football. And that is like that's the ultimate, I suppose, dream for. Most people in this country growing up—that's what people want to do, um, blessed, and in Scotland yeah. as well. Grant, I know, I know. Grant, obviously, Scotland's not as, you know, just, absolutely really
4: count, blessed. You know,
3: blessed to be able absolutely. to do it. Yeah, and I, I, lo- I love that, and I think that's a that's a good way to look at it, as opposed to because it can be seen as a as a negative, and people do kind of oh. maybe shit on shit on it a little bit. But really, yeah. it's like we no, don't shit on it for do. me,
4: and I know equally. I hope I haven't come across as someone that's like resentful to my career no. or bitter or Absolutely. or taking it for granted. I mean, I've Not worked hard. my socks off for everything I've I've done, and yeah. and look, I was okay. You know, uh, there was better keepers than me in, in many many clubs, but I, I I managed to survive. I played. Look, you can't be lucky to play five hundred league games. You just can't be. Exactly. As much as I joke about it, you you've still got to have something going on. Um, which I remind my son because he's not nowhere near 500 games yet.
3: Well, I suppose that's the thing as well. You, you've got 500 league games. You didn't make your your debut in the league until you were 23. Yeah. So that like that's you're talking 500 league games in. Well, look in 94 to to 2006, like a 12 year window. Yeah,
4: 12 that's, years. Yeah, roughly 12 years. I think I was. I think I very rarely missed a game.
3: That's insane. That is such yeah. a. a uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. And do you know like, what
4: you, you say about missing the game? The reason you don't miss games is because this sounds this is the truth. There was games where I probably was injured. I, I know one game I played a scum for when I had an injection in me. I couldn't even bend down; my back was in spasm. But I said I'm fine to play because I knew that I had to pay a gas bill or an electric bill, and I needed the appearance yeah. money and the win bonus. So that's wow. the difference. I knew win? I had to play uh, because we had you know uh, there was an earning. 20,000 pounds a week, and but it that was it, but that was it, you know. That's that was the norm for a lot. That's not me, that was the norm for a lot of us boys at that level.
3: Did you win though? No, you you
4: know what, I even remember that. Pete Beagre, a free kick hit the post, come back, and he got the rebound.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I've I've watched many (laughs) of Peter Peter, Beagre games. Goals,
4: (laughs) how do I remember that? Pete Beagre,
3: we're just ripping bandages
2: off everywhere here, aren't we? Keep going just want to bring it back a little bit to like not well present day a little bit but management we were talking about the sort of the step up in quality in the national league over the last couple of years and you're now seeing it with recruitment like you know and and we we talk about obviously Bromley Bromley doing amazing things on not like you know a, a limited budget but you're now seeing you're seeing some really really like quality players prepared to step down well Step down to this division, like you Will Griggs, like you James Norwoods for us, you know, like what, what do you think sort of brought that change on? And how do you perceive that as a manager of like a club that maybe doesn't, I don't know. Like, yeah. How do you perceive the change of that in the league? And do you, do you just think the national league will continue to grow now from, from this point? Yeah, I I think
4: that's a good question. I think um, the national league is uh there's no regulation on, on, on fair play, so basically, the clubs that got the money it's normally the owners' own money, so there's yeah. there's, there's this, it's really kept together with a lot of self money of, of owners. So, so that's one thing. Um, yeah. and there's some big clubs in the National League, I mean, look at Oldham, yeah. they're a big club, they get seven thousand eight thousand. A Chesterfield, I like, I like you, Andy, I like you a lot. Yeah, Will Grieg <laughs> went to Chesterfield and he he uh, he's playing for of 10,000 so so you know we're saying about to step down but i don't think there's a lot of difference between league 2 and the national league i'd probably say 50% of league 2 would like to be as wealthy as the national league i really mean that and i mean that with respect yep. you know uh, yeah. there's 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 a lot of big teams in it in the national league south end you know oldham uh, Chesterfield you know they're all league clubs York,
3: York Rochdale league down clubs. there now as well as not yeah. Rochdale have dropped as well yeah Rochdale
4: Hartlepool you know these have all been league clubs so there's a lot of a lot of big clubs down there you know for that level
1: how how think, much of an argument do you think there is kind of staying on this topic of, of, of clubs in that level of changing the promotion from the National so League three down to, to three, no, they up, won't, three down
4: it's the, it, it's the league above the votes yeah is, yeah, and, and 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 this and i will say this all we heard last year was rexham's owners uh, ryan reynolds and and rob mc mc whatever his name is uh, yeah. saying about it should be free up free down i i, I kept listening to say that and i and i'm not saying this with any sort of like bitterness they've gone up i know to mention it once yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't yeah. about it
3: yeah, yeah. i i no, i i agree And like we're, we're kind of now in league 2 having that same thing where it's like, look, I'm risking Wrexham fans coming at me here, which which happens a lot anyway, so it's fine. Um, but we all know that Wrexham are on a very, very fast trip upwards at this point. That'll be in the Premiership
4: we... in ten years, Wrexham, for sure.
3: I hope not, but um, they're, they're heading that way. And 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 the thing <laughs> what what we we kind of say is, look. Rather than say to us in preseason, like we had it all this preseason, we're gonna we're gonna steamroll League Two, we're gonna walk through. Rather than do that, regardless of whether you steamroll this league, you've got to be here for a year. Regardless of whether you steamroll the national league, you still have to play a full season. While you're there, show some, shed some light on what's good about the place because we don't get anywhere near the exposure any of us. League One, League Two, nationally. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, to be fair, National League gets more exposure, TV wise, than League Two does.
4: End yeah, league it does. One. yeah,
3: it's down for you. The TNT sports deal, we, we don't get that. Um obviously it's going to change next year, but we're just very much like guys, while you're here, don't shit on it. Show people exactly what this, yeah. this league is, and that's yeah. all we kind of want because we know we're not going to be here for long, but it leads me on to to Wrexham, and it's it's kind of I feel that like the National League is a is a year ahead of League Two. Um, and what I mean by that is you had Wrexham, you had Notts County. They were the big, big money teams in the league. Like they were the, they were the ones weren't there. And then obviously you had Chesterfield, but do you yeah. feel that for a lot of teams in the national league last season, especially it was kind of sit back and let them get, let them go, just let them get gone. Yeah. And then this year it's more of a level playing field. It's like now we're all yeah. in it. And, Everyone's going because that's what I feel League Two is like this year. There's some big teams at the top. Let's let them go, and then the rest of us next year we're going to go.
4: Definitely, a lot more teams have gone for it now and saved their money for this year. Uh, You know, consolidated last year. Look, just just to go back onto Wrexham, I'm a big Wrexham fan because when they was in the National League, it was brilliant. You know, Mm -hmm. it it was brilliant. They packed out grounds, so the revenue for clubs was massive. They put the spotlight on the league when we was in there. So so I want not make it really clear. I'm not against Wrexham one bit. We beat them in the final, which, and I, and I mean that not to be um, flippant, we played a final at Wembley. I'm sure there was, I can't remember the crowd was, but someone said, I might be wrong, but 40,000? Rida- it was a crowd ridiculous like throw for national actually. You know, so so I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wrexham and what they've done. So my only gripe is, let to now say, look, we said it when we was in the National League, we'd like to carry it through for them because we think it's the right thing. Um, so, yeah, and I agree, a lot of clubs held their money back and they're having to go this year for sure.
3: Yeah, you, you can see it. You can see, it. I think, yeah. I actually, I think last year, Chesterfield were one of those ones massively in that they, they look, they have the money, but they, they didn't have that. Money and it would be if Chesterfield yeah. tried to go for it last year and through that level of money, they got the it.
2: infrastructure as well. Chesterfield, I have to say that they've really got the infrastructure. I mean, it's not just because I'm I'm, I'm salty and I'm disappointed. Grant will back me up. So we 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 uh, present the National League podcast for Sports Media, and I've said for the last three weeks on that podcast that, uh, in my opinion, Chesterfield have got a, a good enough team to to thrive and compete in League One as it is currently, like. I, I think I think Chesterfield have some really, really good players and I get the rest of the sort of, the rest of the promotion sort of area is open in the National League but I, I do genuinely think until Chesterfield go, in my opinion, it won't be a complete open ground. I think next year, if they go, then I think it's it's anyone's game, you know? Well, you say that and I don't totally disagree with you but
4: what'll happen is next year, you'll have someone like South End that'll be the big yeah. powerhouse. Yeah. There'll be always someone else that's the powerhouse. It won't so be fun. Southend, will
1: put more money in, Dale Vince will yeah. put more just money, see, money in know, Boris Green when they come down. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you
3: see you've relegated Forest Green and it's I'm always been Green. <laughs> 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 so
4: there'll always be someone, you know? Um, yeah,
3: and pe- people will be sat on money this year and sat ready to go next year. That That's just, yeah. that's just how it works. And, you know, yeah. Uh, Oh, and then you'll end up with clubs like yourselves like when we had Pete Wilde when he was at Halifax that don't have those huge budgets but they have that setup that 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 really kind of gets in the middle of all those big clubs with the money and goes we ain't got the money but tell you what we're going to give you a 90 minutes and we're probably going to come away with some points here and we're going to really frustrate you that's there's going to be those clubs still as well it's 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 getting I suppose a wide a, a more level playing field as these clubs leave, but there's, there's always going to be a big They're fish, right. isn't there? Yeah.
4: yeah, I think the simple answer is free up, free down, like the rest of the leagues. Yeah. That's that's what I think should be really the the. the and I'm and, and you know what? If I'm lucky enough to get Bromley promoted, I'll be banging that drum from the uh, from the league above. Definitely, I'm going to stick by that. I'm not sure my chairman will, but I will. <laughs>
1: Hey, yeah, well, yeah gonna say he won't be winning when you get up, just in case. <laughs> I wanted the EFL, they don't like that, they don't like the three down. But my big argument is, why don't we do a relegation playoff? So, third ball, yeah. put them in a playoff to come down. Well, give
2: everyone, give everyone an absolute heart attack, yeah. Granted, is that yeah, your, is I, that
3: don't your I don't like that. I see, I don't like that because for me, I think if you've been, if you've finished at the bottom of League Two, you deserve to be relegated. Yeah. He's,
2: he's only, so, let's be real, he's only said that because he's Scottish. Yeah,
3: we do, that that's how how we do yeah. are doing things, do up, he's doing yeah. it. He's doing it because he knows that he would possibly last year not have to witness his club go down. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: we were men's last season. We're still mints this season. i going to say you're
3: not much better this season. <laughs> um, we went. I'm we only actually went to. We play you. Yeah. Well, I'll let you. So right, we we actually went for Grant's stag do, which we, we went to Grant's stag do. Stag do, not stag do. Ago. Yeah, two weeks I ago. I got two married two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> But because of COVID, we couldn't have a stag do, so we we did a surprise one the other week at Hartlepool Rochdale, and I I swear to you, I have never in my thirty five years I've never seen a worse half of football than that first forty five minutes of that Hartlepool game. Mm-hmm. It was it was so bad, <laughs> and I, like I'm just look, just turn up, and attack early, and you will flip that crowd and the second that crowd flips it's game over yeah, that, that crowd
4: is uh, that crowd is lively they normally never can't I mean, to be honest well it's that northwest
3: corner that kind of get them going but if you can yeah. silence them early on it's, it's done and that's what happened and it was like it just oh it was bad it, but like for me so enjoyable it finished what did it finish Got
1: 3-2 3-2 I, I just know big fella's going to have, have the game of his life against us who was it? Who fella? All the oh. fella, all
4: the mola. Oh, fella, fella, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, to, I thought he said big fella. I on I play. thought he said, <laughs> thought he no, said the
1: big, big fella. fella. <laughs> Not a big fella, just big fella. He's <laughs> a big lad. He's a big lad. Yeah,
3: you, you'll you'll find that Grant has nicknames for all players, <laughs> and you're expected to know what those nicknames are, <laughs> and he'll say them, and then he'll look at you like you're the silly one. Um, but yeah, no, it was.
4: What date do you play them? 25th of oh.
1: November. What day is it? 25th.
4: 25th. Okay, because I just heard, I just heard the travel arrangements about that today. So I wasn't sure when it was. Oh,
3: so you, do you guys travel up the day before then? With you? How's,
4: yeah, we, you... Well, I'm not saying no more because I well, don't want to our secrets away. <laughs> no, While we stay, right. in, case, in, case, right. in case the fire alarm goes off. Uh,
2: in, right in, in, in Hartlepool. <laughs> Andy now. Now, I think is the perfect time to get down to proper business. So, basically, what I want to say, what have we
3: been doing for the last hour?
2: What I want to tell you right now is I got Odom from the National League to the Champions League on Football Manager 23 inside six years. So, shall we have a chat? Shall we have a chat afterwards? Um, no, seriousness, I think this is one of the coolest job openings I've ever seen. So, do you just want to? Touch touch upon how that came about and what sort of drove the club to go in that sort of direction.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it, first of all, it's not a gimmick. It's a really good idea, I think. Yeah. And it was pitched to me. uh, They'd obviously done all the behind the scenes chats and NDAs and all of that that would be going on, which I didn't know about. And then suddenly I got called in my office by my, my, um, CEO and, chairman and uh, some other people. I thought, who are these people? And I thought it must be up for the sack here. And, um, oh, no. and they said, look, we, we want to speak to you about this this idea, but only if you want to do it and you think it's the right thing to do. And they was genuine with that, which I thought, fair play. And basically, it's run this competition for a football manager through Xbox to get someone to get Bromley. Uh, is it up into the leagues or up into the – on football manager, up into the premiership or, or – there's a competition now running, I should probably do a bit more yeah. about that. Um, and then, um, when they get sort of like five or ten people, uh, then I get the chance to interview them, and one of them is going to be my tactician for the rest of the season, which I thought was a brilliant idea. But what I was really, I thought was really important that it is one, is isn't a gimmick, uh, and two, yeah, that whoever we choose, they are full in both feet with us, you know. Yeah. Not just like when they want to come in and when the T V cameras are there, it's full in. Uh when we're having a good day, a bad day. They're they're there right beside us and and and, and they, they love that idea. They they was I think they was more surprised that I said that. Um yeah. and that, and that's what it's gonna be. We're gonna get someone we're gonna get some interviews. Uh, I think I think they're due I got a feeling they're due maybe December, maybe a bit later. Um, and then we're going to interview the people, and they're going to work closely with us and, and going to be part of our team in my office.
2: What is, was sir,
1: your first reaction to it when you heard it?
4: I think any I reservations
1: it? at all. Any re- did you, did you no, think
4: at all? I, and I'll be really straight and honest with you, right? When I was at Arsenal and when I was at Newcastle and Palace, we had nine analysts, we had data people, we had I can't tell you how many people we had making it so simple for the coaches to just go, bang, there we go, bang, there we go, this is this. this. We've got one intern at Bromley, mm-hmm. so in my brain, I was like, well, look, we're going to get another guy in here that's going to do the job, he's going to be very enthusiastic, whatever you say, he's going to have a knowledge of football from the data side of it, it's a yeah, no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and and I want is- to have an input. So, so for me, I thought, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a brilliant idea.
2: The thing is, to me as well, I, I mean, I, I play the game quite a lot, but you the the sort of stats and statistics behind, like, they have people go into clubs and, and you know, d- deliver the ratings and stuff. Like, scouts use use Football Manager as, like, you know, a database to help clubs out. Like, it is so, like, I wouldn't say accurate because it is a game at the end of the day, but it's such a valuable tool that it yeah. doesn't surprise me at all, really. It really no, does. No, I think it's a brilliant idea. i, I, I can't.
4: Can't stress how chuffed I am that they've chosen our club, and yeah. and uh, and how much and how respectful they've been. You know, I have to tell you, they. I don't. Think, you thinking know, that they've come in and just taken over the place? We're doing. They've been so respectful, so helpful, so um, you know, working with us with this. It's been brilliant. Uh, it's been a breath of fresh air and. And I generally, you know, I think you know me—the sort of person I am. I, I would tell you I've always been a nightmare. A bit brilliant, and uh, I'm really excited about the the months ahead.
3: I think, I think as well. Obviously, there's the uh, the TV thing that they're going to film for for 2024, which is I think it's a three part episode thing, which is going to be about what they they essentially do when they get the job. That's gonna that's only positives for yourselves, isn't it? I mean, huge. we go, yeah. We go back to Wrexham, what the welcome to Wrexham documentary. That that has literally put Wrexham Global and oh, like brilliant. Yeah. And anything like, about the
4: Wrexham documentary, they skated over that playoff final a little bit, we felt our end.
3: Well, they've got it because they've got to make it look like a fairy tale. And that's that, that's <laughs> it's
4: what that's what fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it's
3: it, it's only gonna put eyes on the club and mm-hmm. look clubs in the national league is especially when you are sort of like you say 17th, 18th in terms of budget that's what that's what you need you need the investment it. opportunity off the back of it. yeah, yeah. Huge. And, and not only that you know if it, it, being being brutally honest if if it adds it, even just 10 15% to your doors
0: yeah, that's a huge amount well, of I,
4: money i can't tell you how much my phone's been going mad on the back of this xbox i mean i i've done 50 takes for this pilot advert I had to do you wouldn't believe how many times it took me to do it I mean honestly it's horrific yeah, I'm is, so there, is there any outtakes? Like, I must have had yeah there's a load of them honestly uh, the, the swearing <laughs> I must have and, uh, and then and then when that was released um, my, my phone hasn't stopped it, it's been crazy so uh, God only knows how, how it's going to be when it really gets out there you know it's going to be crazy but, but good no, I'm, I'm chuffed
3: adult. You can say no one's ever done anything like this. No one's ever look everybody wants to be involved in football. And you know, you you play a football manager and like I've played football manager since I was a kid. Um and there's always look people manage at the the Premier League clubs because they like to see the the big players. But the the real, I suppose, joy of football manager is taking a club from National League. From national league north, national league south, whatever it may be, and and getting success—that's where like the real achievements are, and like it genuinely can take a hell of a lot. It can be so stressful, like trying to do it. So those people that do do it, and they get they dedicate all their time to it. There's a, there's so much that goes into it, and they probably do know more than than some people who are employed to do the job as well. It's,
4: definitely, definitely. I, My intern. My internalist is like a nervous wreck now, waiting for this person to come through. the door. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm reassuring. He's
2: all right. He's all right. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my. I've, I've got a bit of an off-piece question, if you don't mind. Oh. I, so, basically, we, we've learned you've had such an interesting and varied career, both as a manager and coaching, but also as a player. If there's like uh, a young player or a young a budding coach or manager listening to this podcast, what would be the one piece of, like, advice that you you maybe wish somebody would have given to you at any point in your career that you've kind of learned through your own live experience? What would be the one piece of advice about getting into coaching or or making it as a player? What would that a really be? Good question. That, that is a
4: very good question. What would be the one bit of advice? Well, my one bit of advice would be, so make sure you go out and and learn as much as you possibly can. Um, you can never stop learning. Even now, uh, I don't stop learning. I, I, I've been so lucky. You know, people think I suddenly just become a manager overnight, and 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 mm-hmm. suddenly, well, I've just walked into this job. I've done a thirty-five year apprenticeship. You know, yeah. I, I I've been working with Steve Copple. I've been working with. Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce, Arsene Wenger. I could go on and on, the managers I've worked with, you know, Terry Cooper, God rest his soul. So I've had access to all of these guys through good, bad, indifferent, um, and I've just kept learning uh, all the way through, you know, and and then the people you meet on route, all the contacts. And the one bit of advice is is when someone says to you, um, if you ever need anything, give us a call. Don't think they don't mean it because they've all been on this journey. So yeah. I've really, so when people say, if you have need me, give us a call. Well, I will ring them and say, yeah. uh, look, how did you do this? Or what was this scenario? or." And I've done that for all my career as a player, as a coach, and now as a manager. And I'll continue to do that. So I would say it to anybody, don't turn down any bit of advice or any bit of insight or any bit of knowledge
2: from anyone and take out of it where you can. I bet you must have one of the most so sort a of, sort of varied and interesting phone books in football, right? Some of, some of your contacts must be amazing. Yeah, there's one or two, yeah, one or two. Yeah. two
3: characters. <laughs> you just mentioned a few there um, and you spoke about different managers that you've worked with. Who would you say, out of them all, all the managers you've worked with across your career, who's who's the one that you most, when you were introduced or when you saw them do their thing, you thought... Holy shit! Like they, these, this is this is different. This guy has got something about him that I've never seen before. Who would you say was kind of the the biggest culture shock maybe for you?
4: Um, Adam Pardew is very good, mm. very very good, very meticulous. What he did, very very good. And I'm saying that as a friend, but I'm also saying that as someone that I've worked closely with and seen him work with some big players. So he was very, very good tactically, very good, um, very brave with his decisions, and stuck with his decisions. But this is an obvious one. I'm gonna say, Arsene Wenger. I only worked with Arsene in the in the final year at Arsenal, uh, and I wasn't really close up and personal with him, so I won't, you know, kid you that I was in his backroom team. But what <laughs> I noticed about Arsene Wenger in that last year is. There was a lot of hate around Arsenal in that last year. You know, when the fans had sort of turned, it was all It was a it Wenger
1: nice. out era, era wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was so horrific. undeserved for what this he guy, brought to that club.
4: Yeah, it was horrific. This guy had come in every day the same. Nice, yeah, respectful, give everyone time, went about his job, knew everyone at the club, never changed. And I thought, wow, this is a guy that's got uh, so much pressure on his shoulders, and has not landed one bit on anybody. You could see it; his temperament didn't change. He was brilliant, and I always thought to myself, that is class. Uh, that that man was just pure class for me from afar.
3: He had terrible eyesight, though, didn't he? Like every game, when something happened that you know a red card offence, he never saw it. Oh, his, <laughs> yeah. his eyesight was selectively like that, terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you've got, you've got to. I, mean, I, I find it. I always laugh. I used to really wind me up as a fan. Like you'd watch, you be like, "No, come on, you definitely did see it." And now, sort of now, doing what we do when we speak to people that are involved in the game, you think, "No, he did see it." That's the point. He did see it. It's a he's, he's, You he's can't say nothing.
4: I think. If you say anything, now, I even find myself, someone said to me after a game, what about a decision? And you sort of said, "Yep." I mean, I did it on BBC the other day. Andy, two penalties, definitely. Well, you know, I have to respect the referee's decision. I really want to say, yeah, horrific decision. But you say that, and then all of a sudden you've got a £2,000 fine. And you think, well, I might as well not say
2: nothing. This is is something that really interests me. And obviously, I, I respect you might not be able to say certain things and say whatever you're comfortable with. But as fans of teams in the national league it's so obvious that the referees need some form of additional support you know so as a manager <laughs> as a manager what what do you think needs to be done to sort of give that them referees that support they need to be able to I don't want to say be more competent but I, I don't you know I don't I don't know what the better way of, of, of saying it is I, I just think they obviously need some support because we go into a game week now and, and we do podcast, and we never, we're, not, we're never not speaking about referees. Do you know what I mean? And, and to me, that is a problem it, in itself. The issue is are living in
3: an age where. It, I was just going to say, VAR has had the opposite effect. I think uh, it's had
4: the opposite. I think it's made them scared to make decisions because it gets scrutinized. Uh, I think they'd have been better off leaving the refs where they were and. Let, and we've got goal line technology because there's always that argument about a goal that was never given for Bolton I think many years ago to change this we've got goal line technology let's go back to human error a little bit I know there's all that money involved, I get that but let the refs ref and let them, and then after or even if it's on the Monday let them just discuss their decisions if they're really controversial and and let them let people see the humanity of them now they still get abused. They still get slaughtered. They still, but then people will see that they are human, and that's that's the bit that I think where we've got to, where we could have gone, and I think we should have gone.
2: To me, it's What's not just humanity? it's not just human error. I think it's just common sense sometimes. Just yeah. rest the game how you see it, and like the, the obviously the biggest and most high profile one that you'll probably not know about. With your ties with Arsenal, like the other week was, you know, the the uh, the, the Newcastle goal. Yeah, at Arsenal. Like to me, to me, I, I don't know how that is. Going. Like, not only I, I think the ball was out of play, but also the, uh, they're so inconsistent with what with what is deemed as a foul, especially in the higher divisions now. Gabriel, yes, he could have gone down. He went down a bit soft, but he had two hands on the back. And I don't understand. I, I feel like if that's a, if that's in a defender on an attacker, that gets given nine times out of ten. Oh, but because, well, it was a, a, because it was an atta- attacker on a defender, I think the attackers get a bit more leeway. I agree with you
4: on that. And I will say that about our centre-forward. When he's got a centre-half going right through the back of him, it's not given. Mm-hmm. But if it's the other way, a forward's challenging a defender and it's in an area where it's not quite being a big decision, it, I, I, I agree yeah, with you on that. I
3: agree. Man. It's a it's a 70-30, isn't it? It's essentially it's 70% for the the defense and 30% for the attackers. And look, we all moan, but and, and I, I've been very big and grant you'll you'll back me on. since we started doing this. We've done this for, for, for two years now. Like I I have always said because we always get people on and there always there's complaints about referees every single week without a shadow of a doubt. But it's only the ones that lose that we find making those complaints, like fans, they're the ones that are complaining, and I've always said there's no shame in winning and still calling out if a referee's got it wrong yeah. there's no, nothing's yeah. going to happen and i and i've sat there and said you know we we've had games where we've won um and i said look the referee he got this wrong he got we got extremely lucky because he got these decisions wrong that's what's going to make them make changes isn't it because if you're the fa or the efl or the national league and you're you're looking at it and you're going God, everyone's moaning about this referee today. He must have done something wrong. And then you look and you go, well, actually, it's only the team that lost. It doesn't hold as much weight. If both sides yeah, of the coin are going, look, this referee was terrible for both of us. We won, but we still had a bad decision yeah. against us. That's going to hold the, a lot more weight.
4: The trouble is, no one's, everyone's scared to speak because you say mm-hmm. anything, you get hauled up in front of the FA, and you, you might, find yourself yeah. with a fine. So... So, the, the, look, I'm not going to start, Chris. I'm now going into that. No, don't, don't, don't. Because I'll yeah. be up in front of him again.
1: I'll, I'll, welcome, I'll go as,
3: welcome as witnesses.
1: I'm going to be a little bit, but I'll keep on fines. What doesn't an Andy Woodman fine list look like for his players? Oh, great, this great. is where it gets fun.
4: Yeah, we're good. We're good with the fine list. We have a wellness report in the morning they have to do before 8.30, which is just clicking a button how they feel before they get in. So I know they're all all right. They miss that, 25 quid. Wow. Um, what else have I got? Late for games. I think it's hundred quid. If
2: well, they get done for
4: descent, this is the this is the this is the one you like. This one. If they get a yellow card for descent, kicking the ball away, something that's not a football, it's seventy five quid. And if it's the second one, it's hundred fifty quid. So you can imagine, right? When I'm getting my third yellow card of the season, the ref's running over towards me. And the players are saying, Give him a yellow ref, give him a yellow because they know I've got to give him 225 quid into their kitty. So,
1: you see, you see, <laughs> so the 25th, day. I'll be showing,
4: Fucking book him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ref, the ref's coming over to me, And only said, Come on, ref, that's a bad decision. He's coming over to me. I might have said it a little bit differently from that. And I've got my own players saying, Give him a yellow, give him a yellow. So, my so own players have got me fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a few fines.
2: Do you have you, um, one for, uh, what's the fine for, and if not, you should definitely put this on your board, refusal of a, of initiation song? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we've got that. Yeah, we've got that.
4: That's 200 quid. 200 oh, quid?
3: I'd pay it. I would pay it.
4: Yeah, we, uh, we we have some good fun with initiation. I mean, all clubs do, but they're brilliant. I mean, we have a big, that, that's that's probably the biggest thing on a Friday for us. We, we <laughs> only sign players just so they got to sing a song.
1: Who's
4: yeah. <laughs> done the best one? he done the best one. Fella didn't do bad. He'd done all right. Fella, he done a, a rap song. I'm sure he did. Um, Mitchell Burkham done the worst I've ever seen. Sung some Swedish <laughs> song or some Dutch song or Netherlands song or something like that. Scandinavian song. It was horrific. <laughs> 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 Who,
3: um... right? So this is one that. Um... Me and me and uh, Hannah, who we we host the the League Two side of things, we do a lot of League Two work. We work closely with Salford City, um, and we did Salford City's media day. And we asked every single player, "Who's top of the fines list? Who's top of the table? Who's who's essentially putting the most money in? Who's paying for the Christmas party? Who's
4: paying for our Christmas party? Well, it's me, be you that in it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trying to think, who's top of the... Oh yeah, Jude Arthurs. Yeah, Jude Arthurs is always getting a yellow card yeah. for
3: no reason, just silly things.
4: Yeah, I mean, he kicked the ball away the other day, but he, he, he didn't try to tell me. He, was, he didn't need a whistle. He tried trying to put a cross in, so <laughs> so we was all buzzing. He got fined. Um, so yeah, Jude Arthurs is our man. He's he's the most angriest kid ever.
1: It to do people try. Do people adjudicate it if it's like close to the ball and you Go, nah, you. Put yeah, it that we a way. Vote, yeah, we have a
4: voting system. It's completely corrupt. Uh, we had, it, we had in-house. <laughs> how about this? We had an in-house game the other day. Eleven versus eleven. Just us, us. You know, two teams made up of our plans. We had a physio referee, and we had anyone gets yell a yellow yellow card in this game, twenty five quid. He was <laughs> dishing them out for fun. <laughs> <laughs> people. Just, what is this?
3: just adding more stuff on for the Christmas do. He's going <laughs> like pint, 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 pint.
4: Yeah, yeah, this is ridiculous. But it just it's just it's a it's a subtle way of making sure that we keep our discipline in check.
3: Yeah. And I, I think I think that that adds the uh I think it makes it, it can can make it a little bit more lighthearted as well when something yeah. maybe does go when something goes wrong that's a little bit more serious. It can be a it can be used as a look that's really bad. However, that's 200 quid in christmas there we've uh we've nah. just we've just stepped up
4: again and, we're uh, to like... 225 quid to the players kitty because i got fine. they were buzzing and they made me spin the wheel which i think put another 50 quid on it so what
3: right so this is another one um i, I only recently heard about these wheels and so I've i'm a brand you. new Right, okay. So I will tell I've got a story. Actually, we me and Hannah interviewed Pete Wilde earlier today and, and Barrow have a wheel as well. Their wheel is purely uh I think monetary and then there's also on it they have like you can pass your fine to someone else yeah. and make someone else pay your fine. Is yours is that what yours is, that sort yeah. of thing? Or yeah. do you have forfeits?
4: No, we had that. Um they I think they rigged mine because there was a cutler room where you let off and they were <laughs> rubbed out, putting times two. <laughs> So I reckon they, there weren't many of those on there. Let him off.
2: Yeah.
4: So uh, I think the lads had me on that one.
3: The, uh, so I, I found out Bradford's one's different, and this is going to be on both podcasts that we've done today, but it's I, I just love this story, and I, I genuinely think that this, this just shows – the stupidity of some footballers being been brutally honest here because there's some out there that like, I, I speak to sometimes and I'm like, it's a good job. You're good at football boys because we would have some problems if not. And we at Bradford have a wheel full of forfeits. Um, and there's two players, there's Elliot Watt and Levi Sutton who were at Bradford a few years ago. And they used to come in from training and just spin it. They'd not even got fine. They'd not even got tall. To- <laughs> they just used to spin it, but it had forfeits on and Levi Sutton span it. And it landed on lick the toilet brush. Now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you can imagine, twenty-three. Well, it'd be up to thirty, including managers, coaches, and stuff, sharing one toilet. Oh, They're all coming in the morning. They've had the breakfast. They've had the morning coffee. <laughs> Levi no, just went. In, Levi, Levi went and got the toilet brush and just just licked it. Oh, and no. like no. we, so we got told about that. Um, and then at the next game, Levi was what I was it? Like, Levi, come here. I said. Did you lick a toilet brush? And he went, "Yeah, yeah, right." Really proud. Like, why did you do it? She went, "Desi, I just walked oh. off."
4: Now like, no, we got none, none of
3: that. Now it, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so you new, When you walk in with that new wheel tomorrow, and you go, "You, you stick me up with my fine." Here's, here's a toilet brush I brought it from home. Oh. <laughs> there you go. And like, yeah. So I, I only I only thought. Well, I didn't know that these wheels were a thing until more recently and it was yeah Pete Wilde mentioned it earlier and then you've just mentioned so you have the same like you can pass it to yeah, someone you don't else to you touch can... it.
4: if anyone touches the wheel they get fined if anyone who's not allowed to touch the wheel touches it they get fined
3: so only the person who's spinning it is allowed to touch it yeah the fine you... master is there a oh who is who is the fine master for you James
4: Dennings I love. I love he's good, that. I he's love, very good as well. And the thing is as I well, now all these card readers, so you can't get away and saying I bring the cash in next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> Tap your phone. So they've all got those now. Have they got a chip and pin machine? <laughs> all got machines. It's it's, it's 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 so professional. It's unbelievable.
1: That's is, I love
3: that. That is incredible. I I genuinely love that. I think, really, I mean, guys, we've 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 been around some years. We've covered about thirty five years worth of stuff. In an hour and a half there, and we probably could have gone on for a hell of a lot longer. But I saw when we hit the exit of stuff that it was, it was not, it was
1: painful. So we, I thought we'd we'll just brush on. We'll get past that. Thank yeah, God we didn't. Go into, thank God we didn't go into Stevenage.
4: Oh yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> let's, save, let's save Stevenage for part two. Part two. So.
3: Yeah, because so. we've got, we've got some, we've got quite a lot of Stevenage fans who follow us. To be fair. Um, so they'll be they'd be interested in that So, we'll so we'll we'll, we'll do a part two and we'll do Stevenage.
4: The part two um, Stevenage stuff would be good. You'd like that.
3: Oh the stories of Stevenage are just love it. Well look, um genuinely yeah, can't thank you enough for doing this. This is like you, for us well for us it's it's look media is still new and to like get the opportunities to do things like this, it's yeah. Especially when these guys, for these two here, these cover every single week. These guys are covering your games and, you know, talking about what you guys are up to and things like that. And I don't get to do National League as much. So for me, it's been really eye opening to see what goes on as much down there because I try and keep an eye, but it's, it's, it's I'll be honest, it's knackering. There's so much football to choose from these days, isn't there? And that's, we're in a day and age now where everything's streaming. Yeah. the, the choice is unbelievable, and like I, I really like that, and I try and watch as much as possible. But it's it's just so hard. But yeah, no, look for, for me personally, genuinely, this has this has been really, really fun, and yeah, it's, it's been Honestly, an
2: absolute I think, pleasure. I think, and I'm not just saying this because you're in the room with us. I think it's probably one of the best interviews I've ever done. To be honest,
4: thank you. It's really crazy. I bet when
2: I go offline, you go, "He was crap, wasn't
4: he?" <laughs> no, no. no, no, they
2: were. They were. I, think, no, I'll, I'll, I I'll bet when you. I
4: go offline, you give it. Put more of Pete Wilder on. He was useless.
1: <laughs> no, do you know what though? i will get, get you my tickets booked like... for next week now, just so I can get in your ear to stand behind you. And, uh, remember, I, I this <laughs> remember,
4: remember what
2: <laughs> I've said. Hello, by the way. Yeah, but, Andy. Remember,
1: what? I'm going to try and make it down, and if I can, I'll come over and say hi. Please do.
2: Please remember do, what remember I've just do. said when it comes to deciding that FM job. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> I put, going for the I put put your
4: details.
2: Got
3: it. <laughs> well, I um, I actually looked Grant because when when you said about playing Hatley ball, I looked because I obviously I work match days and I was like, oh, if we're, if we're if we're away and I'm not working, I'll come. We're at home, so I can't. However, um, and Aaron, you're like this. Oldham, Oldham Bromley, 10th of February. We don't have a game. Uh, I'm gonna to come to the Oldham game because I've got yeah I've got a good relationship with the guys at Oldham, so we can get in there. I'm gonna come and boo you from
4: behind brilliant, the dugout as well. well. Let's let's have <laughs> Steve, before the Oldham game. Yeah, I, yeah, I let's really do like it, it. I
2: really like you, Andy, and I've got a lot of respect for you. But come the 10th of uh, come the 10th of yeah. February, i hope my boys do one on you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Listen, it's a it's a common theme that everyone's got a lot of respect for me until I play their team. <laughs> and that they 90
3: minutes, them. just just that 90 <laughs> minutes window. Um, it
4: it personally or too serious so it's been lovely being on the on the show with you guys
3: he said i had the same with pete wilde we played pete wilde on saturday just gone and he beat us and i had to come in here today with a smile on my face and sit and talk to him about what he did on saturday and the thing is the worst part was he he talked me through it like he they made substitutions in the 75th minute and he went i'm gonna let you in on a secret he said we went four five one at that. He says I was I was just shutting up shop and going for the one all draw. He said we went up the other end and scored. And like I was like, I feel sick. Like it, I genuinely, feel worse, it? It, it did because I was like even like I came away from that and obviously as fans you always think we were the better team. You do. But I genuinely thought it and he said it. He said you were the better side. So we shut up shop and then you just you.
4: slipped it's always easier to tell the opposition you're the you would a better side when you just beat them. When
1: you beat them, yeah. I've yeah.
4: said it many a time, you were the better side today. He was unlucky. Deep down, I'm thinking, I'm not bothered, we've got the points.
3: Yeah. No, you're not, you don't and this is what <laughs> I think it doesn't matter, does it? As long as the the, the what matters is the three points. Exactly. Um, and the the score. It's it's a beautiful game, but at the same time it is it is the biggest stress in my life, but I love it. And yeah, look, I I'm gonna try and get to I'm going to get some more National League games. I only live 10 minutes Brilliant. away from the share for Halifax, which is good for me. So I can, I can get to Halifax
1: games and yeah. Well,
4: well I'll see you at the heart game then, Grant.
1: Should do. If I can get down for it, making sure I've got childcare for it, then yeah, I'll be down. That's my only thing. Yeah, Grant's uh, dad's uh, down.
3: Grant's dad's a season ticket holder. He lives up where, like near Grant, he comes down to most games. Um, yeah. Well, do is I'll 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 finish the recording and then we we you can talk about this. We'll do this because people are just sat now looking at us making plans. So Grant's revealed where he's going to be in two weeks' time. Uh, I've told everyone where I'm going to be on the 10th of February, (laughs) and I'm one of us is getting stabbed because we've got enemies, (laughs) 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 guys. For the recording side of things, thank you very much. This has been awesome. Please tune in to the National League Show every single week. And yeah, part two for Stevenage will be coming, and yeah, we'll hold you to that one.